Hello and welcome to this episode of Radio Free HPC. This is where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and other technology topics. I'm Dan Olds, joined as always by my co-host Henry Newman from Seagate Government Solutions and Shaheen Khan from Orion X. Now let's get to the show. Hello again. It is the year 2020. Wow. Who knew that we were going to get this far? And it's time for the first episode of 2020 of Radio Free HBC. I'm Dan Olds, accompanied as always by Henry Newman, who is out there in a hotel room somewhere as usual, Shaheen Khan and Jesse Lanham. How y'all doing? Hey, Happy New Year, Dano. Thank you. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all of you too. And your whole decade. The whole day. De- it is a brand new decade. I like the new decades. Although, strictly speaking, the new decade is supposed to start 2021. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. Henry, where do you come in on that, on the start of a new decade? Is it in the zero-numbered year or the one-numbered year? One. Of course. Really? Yeah. That's why computer scientists count from zero. Hmm. Well, this okay. Is, this is an Ipsodic versus ASCII war. I see it coming. Well, today we thought that we would go through some predictions for the coming year in specifically four categories. Jesse is going to be the keeper of the categories and the arbiter of the answers. So if you want to start us out, Jesse, where do you want to begin? All right. Let's see here. Uh, Let's start with just general compute and go through everybody's predictions for computational engines. My prediction is that we're going to have more of it. Thank you. (laughs) profound thanks a lot dano the clarity of your crystal ball continues to amaze it does thank you dan and i do power can you give me the powerball numbers for this year too all of them yes okay there will be a 29 a 31 (laughs) an 18 an 8 and a 6 all right i actually have a prediction that could actually happen i'm going to stick with my prediction and be consistent that we will have a risk five computer before the end of the year, and it will be on the top 500 list. That's a that's wow, a dub- that's a gutsy call. Okay, that's a double down. He du- he has doubled down. He has double dog mm-hmm. dared the risk five folks to put one together. Yeah, what I think I'm going to ask every question is why? Why produce your evidence, Henry? Well, produce the evidence. Look at the size of the risk five consortium. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two to produce my evidence is if the idea of open source hardware effectively and the tools around it is is very compelling for a lot of people and it is you know obviously there's some work to be done but i think that it will be accomplished this year very good i agree that it's coming i just don't see it this year ergo our bet i think this year is going to be the year of the fpga i would second that i don't know if it's the year of fpga but i think we're going to see a lot more fpgas this year yes and boy, I would almost go out on a limb and say we'd have the first supercomputer powered by FPGAs, but I just don't quite see it yet. First top 500 computer, I don't quite see that yet. Well, there's already one in Japan that's got a mix of all of them. Yeah. FPGAs and GPUs and such. Yeah, but I do think that the FPGAs are definitely going to take a larger role this year. And in terms of my why, uh, terms but, of- why? because I mean, the FPG, FPGAs have been around since the mid 2000s with starting others, and they've not been able to break through. So what's the what's what, why break through this year? What's different now is people are much more attuned and looking for that 
machine-specific hardware, or excuse me, application-specific hardware. I've seen estimates that the FPGA market is going to go up anywhere from 10 to 15% this year. I think that the new programming languages for FPGAs, you're not doing VLOG anymore, you can do C++, for instance, is going to really open the door for more adoption. There's an OpenCL that's been talked about and available for it too. That's still fairly recent though. This goes back to like 2014. So in fact, it calls into question of why we're not hearing more about it. And maybe there is in fact a glitch Well, we also have uh, big industry heavyweights who are now behind the FPGA movement. That's right. Intel, Xilinx, and they're in the uh, Rebel Alliance with IBM. I I just think that it's also a way to get around the somewhat monopoly that NVIDIA has with their GPUs. Mm. Also, AWS and Azure both have FPGA configurations that you can get. Well, there you go. I didn't even know about those. But in general, I also think the applications are starting to be settled enough that you could burn them into FPGAs and run them for a good while? Yeah, but people are going to have to be careful because then you can start to get silos. Well, that kind of leads to my prediction, and that is more reconfigurable heterogeneous systems. So this reminds me of fondly of what Floating Point Systems had way back when called integrated heterogeneous supercomputing. Sure where they had the RISC processor for CPU and a vector attachment and a matrix, and that was kind of the heterogeneity. But nowadays, it's more about the ability to run FPGAs and GPUs and different kinds of GPUs or different kinds of CPUs in the same kind of a configuration. Okay, so for people that aren't super up on their circuits, since we keep mentioning it, what exactly is an FPGA and why is this going to be cool, important? Think of an FPGA as sort of a blank slate of transistors. And you can program those transistors to do whatever you want them to do. And it can really increase the uh the throughput and the speed of applications. But because they're field programmable, you can program them yourselves or have someone else program them, and they can have a bunch of different personalities to be appropriate for pretty much any application you can imagine. And FPGA stands for Field Programmable Gate Array. Yes. You're essentially doing circuit design. So you're connecting them just so and doing the layout and the routing and the placing, and when you're done, you have the equivalent of an ASIC that does just what you want. You can make any kind of black box you want out of it. Okay, cool. I like that explanation. That was a good one. Yeah. Does anyone else have anything else they want to weigh on on this topic before we move to round two? Real quick, I would get in that I don't think that anybody's going to shrink in this year. We're just going to see more GPUs sold. We're going to see more of of everything sold. But I think FPGAs are really going to start to poke their head up above the crowd. Okay. Dan's prediction, more, more everything. (laughs) Liquid cooling, Dano? Ooh, yeah. Uh, Liquid cooling is going to become a bigger and bigger factor. And there are some exotic technologies out there that are just finally starting to hit the market, like what Fahrenheit is doing with phase change cooling. Mm -hmm. And I think I talked about that in an earlier show. I'd Mm -hmm. like to see more liquid cooling stuff. Yeah. And more seven nanometer silicon. (sighs) You're going to get more seven nanometer silicon. It's just a matter of when. Matter of the yields. Well, in 2020. As the prediction goes. As the prediction goes. Okay. As was prophesied. (laughs) By Dan. As goes with the prophecy, yes. And by the way, the whole feature size, another thing that's propelling FPGAs is that you can now do them in 
15 nanometers. And as you add density to it, you simplify some things and yes. give it some speed. So, But they're still slower than a CPU. For st- well, wait a minute. Depends on what you're doing. If you, it's kind of like saying is what's faster, a GPU or a CPU. You can't really compare yeah. them on a lot of things. If you, because if you, you yeah, but you still got to load. You got to load the FPGA. You've got there's time. Yes. There are things you have to do in FPGA that you you have to have enough compute and enough work. Yes. to justify. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going to stick FPGAs in the next things you think you know or somewhere. Yeah, so we can, can discuss that a little deeper. Yeah. Okay. 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 Round two. Next topic. Interconnects. Predictions. And support them. Bump, bump, I bump. think that we're going to see on the interconnect side, InfiniBand go to 800. I think we're going to see the announcement of NDR, which is 1,200 up on the high side for 12 links, 800 for 8 links, 400 for 4 links. So we're going to be hearing about 400 GPS. InfiniBand, I think NDR will be announced towards the end of next year. Wow. That's out in a limb, Dan, I think. Yeah. Why, Henry? Um, It's a big jump from where we're at today, and interconnects generally take longer to make those kinds of humongous jumps. They've been taken on the order of two, three years. And when did HDR come out? Last year? The key is announced. <laughs> because they, they, they pre-announced HDR at least a year before it was actually available. All right. All right. Well, then that's kind of... Well, HDR was announced in 2017. Well, why don't we talk about shipping? Yeah. Yeah. We have any shipping predictions, Jan? 2021, late. (laughs) 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 But the packaging will be oh so lovely. Yes. All right. And I'm I'm going to make a prediction. Mm -hmm. And it is not really interconnect, but it's communications. That we will see... 20% 20% of the population being covered by 5G cell phones, cell service, by the end of 2020. Wow. Mm. Really? That is very aggressive. Yeah. Now, <laughs> if you watch the commercials during college football, they're advertising like they already have it, and you know they don't. Yep. Arrival like T-Mobile's commercials. Uh, T-Mobile's commercials are showing the map of the United States, and you can't tell what colors mean they have it and what colors mean they don't. <laughs> They don't highlight that. I said twenty percent of the population, which is which means you gotta all you gotta do is cover Chicago, New York, well in LA. LA. Yeah. There. You know, considering that they're still doing trials and the handsets are as expensive as they are, and Apple doesn't support it yet. Now if you're right, I mean if Apple comes up with something and Samsung already has it, if the prices drop the S eleven rumor has it on the S eleven that it'll be able to do eight G eight gig. From your cell phone. Hmm. Current S10 can do two two gig. Right. I think that... But it all depends on how much the service is, how expensive the handsets yeah, are. Yeah, but, but there's a certain number of people that will buy the high end no matter 20, what. 20% of population, Dano? That's a pretty big percentage. It has nothing to do He's with... He's talking about coverage. He's not talking about conversion. He's talking about coverage. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more manageable. That's what I'm talking about, coverage. Well, he's saying that, the pop, that 20% of the population will have... 5G coverage, and I fully agree with that. Oh, I see. Access to it. The geog- okay. Yes, access to it. The geography of, of not 20% of 
the population, you know, where they live and density and all that. Oh, stuff. you're not talking about 20% of the population actually buying it. No. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. I bet 10% do. No. By the end of the year, yeah. 3%. Okay, that's what I was going to say. I, you know what, Shaheen? Yes. I bet it's way, way above three and it's closer to 10. It really depends on Apple. Because you've got right, because because Apple can command the high prices for people who are going to do it, whether or not they need it. Right, but there are phone geeks out there that will go to the latest thing, no matter what it costs. Correct, and by just standardly upgrading your S eight to S ten or S nine, this to that, you're getting five G. But these high end phones, and the I hate to start off the new year. No, but I hate to start off the new year poorly and agree with Dan. But I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> things change in twenty twenty. You can't help it. Because you also have every cell phone manufacturer that's going to be pushing, except Apple right now, that's going to be pushing for a handset upgrade. Yep. Advertising is going to be profound. And there's going to be they're going to be deals. Oh yes, yeah. There will be deals. Marketing. So you're going to have handsets that are two or three times the price of a laptop. No, no. Uh-uh. The S10s are running. I looked at the S10. I I didn't get one, but I think it was about a grand. Well, it's like eight hundred. Was eight hundred bucks. Okay, well that's twice the price of your Chromebook. And that's without any subsidy from the manufacturers and from the phone companies. Yep. Yeah, that'll be that'll be down. All right. Anyway, Shane, well. I, I agree with Dan. It's a memorable I, moment. I mark it down first of the year. Yes. All right. Yeah. You guys Don't, are you guys yeah. are heat seekers. Love the heat. <laughs> so what do you got, Shaheen? What's your prediction? I continue to want to have a 5G interconnect for servers, and I'm hoping somebody will do it. So it's less of a prediction than a desire. A wish. There are a lot of challenges there to 5G yeah. chipsets and servers and have the antennas in the, the computer room and all that stuff. And I think there's going to be some EMP issues. There'll be some serious security uh, issues, yeah. I would think. Not to- it doesn't have to be in a computer room. It can just be across half a dozen antennas. And I'd like to have a cluster that spans an entire county. And it's got a whole wireless 5G interconnect. And I've got my decentralized supercomputer. And I can mint bitcoins on it. Hmm. It got you thinking, didn't I? A little bit. But you're not going to get the speed of a wired interconnect from that. Or the latency. 5G is not faster. It's not faster and it's not lower latency. It is lower latency. It's not lower latency than a fiber connection, Shaheen. Yeah. No, of course not. But it can go across. It's not lower latency than InfiniBand. It can go across the whole state. I don't want a 5G inside the data center. I want a 5G virtual interconnect across a whole. So you want a, you want a 5G WAN? No. <laughs> Not at WAN. Okay. I want a 5G interconnect that just happens to span a whole state or a whole country. Yeah. The only state that's small enough to do that is Connecticut, I think. <laughs> Rhode Island. No, no. I want Rhode Island. California. <laughs> I want it in California. <laughs> Texas. Selfishly. <laughs> the whole state of California. So it makes sense that, you know, up in the northeastern corner of California to have 5G. Shasta County. Yeah. Marysville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to think of how many cell towers that's going to take. Okay, so here's a real prediction. I think HPE, armed with the slingshot interconnect from Cray, will formally get into the interconnect business. Hmm, that's gutsy. Yeah, don't see it, but it's gutsy. That's a prediction. Okay, I I'm I I could see it. I, I kind of like that one. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, it, I'm going to bank it, with Shaheen on that one. It's possible, but not in 2020. I think they've got too much else on their plate. What about an announcement in 2020? Like, hey, it's in development. Oh, they could. Yeah, it's in development, but it's building a whole business out of it. I don't see that yeah. right away. They already have it. That's good. good prediction, though. 
So what's next? What else are we predicting? Category three kind of touched on security, parens, or lack thereof. We're going to need more of it. Let me go ahead and just put that stake in the ground. Yeah. 2020, more. I don't see anything that's going to stop the ransomware threat. I don't see anything that's going to make people update their systems. Well, I got a prediction, but that's more like it's already happening. And I think given that this is going to be an election year, we're going to have deep fakes, tricky media all over the place. Mm -hmm. So the prediction is that democracy is under assault. Yeah. Well, I'm not excited to have it happen. I'm also interested to see what developments happen and how it plays out. Mm. As a as a somebody in cybersecurity, as an observer, as an observer, yeah, like it's it's bound to happen, obviously, but but it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. And also how we how we rebound and how we educate coming back from that. The last term you used, Jesse, is not going to happen. What'd you say? Educate, educate's not going to happen. Mm, I beg to differ. We don't learn anything. No one ever learns anything. Nope. Seemingly, seemingly, or we'd be in better shape today than we are. I would argue that- From a cybersecurity point of view. I would argue that we are in better shape than we were. I think the criminals have proceeded much faster than the uh, criminees. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's also a fact of, of, of technology. The more the more we expand technology, the more access people have to technology, the more so, technology-related crime is going to go up. Like that, That's a factor. And as technology becomes more inter- like interconnected into people's homes and part of their daily life, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't believe that until the credit card companies and the banks who are taking the brunt of this and paying off everybody put their foot in the ground and force people to be educated that people are just going to walk around fat, dumb, and happy. Oh, I got to pay $50 to credit card company. And they charge me, you know, charge $5,000 worth of stuff. So I don't agree with the education statement unless there's a change in behavior. So I think here's another reason why I think education is actually going to work, at least maybe in a small portion or maybe should be more considered, is the fact that we've never offered cybersecurity as a major, particularly until recently. And there's always been, there's been focus, there's been, you know, cybersecurity, or there's been cybersecurity focus in, say, like, computer science systems or information systems, but as its own fully-fledged major and dedicated both the bachelor's and master's degree level, that is something that is, it is new and it is innovative and it is up and coming. And I think that is what's really going to be interesting to see how it drives education and and how we get more and more practiced uh, professionals. I think that'll help, but... I don't know if it's going to help Joe's six-pack sysadmin who's not keeping up on upgrading the firmware of every system he's got under his control. True. At the local convenience store, the barber shop, and the hair salon, along with the bowling alley. <laughs> and I also think, predict this is 2020 predictions, nothing, it's going to get worse in 20, not better. So It's going to get worse before it gets better. I'm going to counter-predict, Henry, that it's going to get better, Ooh. purely as the optimist. Counter-prediction? Mm. Counter-prediction, better. Okay. 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 I wish there's a way to figure this out so we can get a bet going on it, but I don't oh, know how. We, I'll, I'll stay- <laughs> I can't afford to pay for Henry's dinner, okay? (laughs) That prediction will stay the same for 2020. So good. Okay. So we're all on the ground on uh, 
on cybersecurity, what's next? All right. Last topic we've got, unless somebody thinks of one, innovation slash trends. What are we going to see that's going to be brand spanking new or an area that is going to, we're going to see exponential development in, that sort of stuff? In memory, Your wildest dream. In-memory compute. Okay. Like we talked about with Mem Computing, the uh, company that was the subject of our conversation. I think that's a very, very interesting area to go into. It's enough of an interesting architecture that we could see it making some big big splash publicity-wise in the industry. Okay. Shaheen? I like to go first so I can steal them. Yeah, silence. In case somebody else is going to use one. <laughs> oh, you. Shaheen yep. is now an agonizing reappraisal of what he was going to say. Very good. I kind of see in memory a little bit like FPGA. I think you're down in the silicon mm. space, a little bit higher up. There was another company, Upmem, that we talked about from Hot Chips. So there are several approaches towards that that are coming, and it's hard to see which one is going to win. We also continue to have the 60, 70, however many AI chips that are out there, and the strategies that are emerging are looking interesting. Henry? My prediction is that there will be the first application sets that have a workflow change that goes object to memmap, to compute on the memmap file or the memmap data, and then back to object. And there will be no POSIX in the way, except in the POSIX kernel things. But you'll have memmap to object. Hmm. Hmm. Try to think of the implications of that. They could be profound. They could. They are profound. Because we've been having the same workflow, you know, with storage and file systems from the 70s. I think the first file system was in the late 60s and then POSIX in the 80s to now. So I think it is profound. So that's my prediction. Yeah, very nice. Nicely done. Any other catch-all predictions that anybody has? Uh, Maybe quantum. There's definitely this past year was the quantum supremacy. That was the big topic. You think we're going to see real quantum supremacy this year? Well, I think we'll see more. I do think that embarrassingly quantum algorithms are emerging and will be the focus of attention. I feel like that was the easiest prediction to make, though. Like quantum, there'll be more. Yeah, come on. Okay, thanks. (laughs) No, we're talking about supremacy for one more algorithm. Okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, no, that's Dano's specialty. (laughs) More. Yes, it is. More, faster, yeah. So, with the predictions part closed out, we got a letter to the editor. Yes, we did. We do. And let me go ahead and read part of it. This is about Jesse's feature with things you might think you know, <laughs> but maybe you don't like know. Like the title. <laughs> I know. I'm going to do it differently every time. I never remember the question of it. (laughs) Anyway, the email, Jesse brought up the question of tape. What's it used for? How's it used today? What's the future of it? That sort of thing. And we had a listener respond. The session lecture on tape and tape usage was very poor. Better ask real experts on tape and gave us a link. And then also mentioned as a closer erasure coding for tape. Of course, HPC guys should know that. One thing I do want to say is that the little features we have are not meant to be all in deep dives on any topic. So Jesse, this was aimed at you. Response. Yeah. So I I actually kind of dug it. I got 61 slides on tape. And for me, that was kind of awesome to have a, a segment and then somebody feel passionately about like, this is what we need to do with tape and get sent slides. That to me is great. 
Very cool. If people want us to talk more about a topic or feel like we truncated the segment early or this is your research field or what you do, yeah, send us, write us in, and we'll we'll read them and respond. Absolutely. That email address is podcast at radiofreehpc.com. If you want us to devote hours and hours to tape, we can do that too. Well, I do want to thank our listener for actually listening to yes. that. Yes. Right? If others listen, they would also find out just how poor everything is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got to be kind of shocked we haven't received more of these. <laughs> I'd like to point out, Dan, that this individual got the name of the segment right. Oh, good. I will refer back to that email then. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he did wish us to have a, said we had a good start in 2020 and that he'll see us at ISC 2020 in Frankfurt. So that'll be good. Oh, I wish. Well, we might get you there. Do it. Don't know how. Yeah, somehow. Apparition. I would suggest if you purchase an airline ticket. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That would get you there. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll take a yeah. look see at the, the academic calendar and also collegiate budget. Yes. Okay. Yes. Henry, is there any reason that nobody should be online ever? There might be a reason, but I just have been offline for a week on vacation, and I don't know the answer to your question, Dan. So you were living your dream of not being online ever? That is correct. During the past week? I, the only thing I had to do was copy my underwater videos from my SD drive to my portable drive. That's all I did. Okay, you are you shooting in 4K? 4K, 60 frames a second. Good man. I like that. That takes a little while to transfer, though. You're going to be uh, aching for some USB 3. I did. If you're not there already. I, I, I had USB 3. and But remember, you can only dive maybe an hour, hour of film. You three dives a day, three hours. So it's not too bad. Okay, good. Catches of the week. Anybody have one? I shot a picture of a seahorse. I'll send it to everyone. That's about my only catch of the week. It's an excellent yeah. catch. Very good catch. Uh, Shaheen, you got anything? Nah, let's... let's. Shaheen <laughs> 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 bails uh, on his catch. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he was thinking about it. He fainted towards it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to release what I've caught. Okay. <laughs> so catch and release. How about you, Jesse? The only catch that I've got is my new phone after dumping the other one in a toilet in the Czech Republic. <laughs> Oh. Happy 2020. But I have to say, I do enjoy it. And this is your first phone since you were in junior high. Actually, you're correct. So that gives you a good, what, eight years, six years yeah. of technology development? This is this is entirely true. So I am stoked. So this has got to be a real eye-opener for you. Yeah, pretty much. I can actually take <laughs> photos now. And I can run apps on this. I know. Who knew? More than four. <laughs> Who knew? And it doesn't flip open like my old one did. <laughs> Yes, I, I had one of those, and no, no longer. So no more Symbian operating system for you. <laughs> yes, I feel like an actual grown up. Like twenty twenty hits, I turn twenty one, I get a real adult phone. It is great. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> well, what a good episode! I'm going to go ahead and close it out with my catch of the week, which is you. Our dear listeners, we want to hear more from you. Send us an email, drop us a line, podcast at radiofreehpc.com, or you can also tweet us and follow us on Twitter, maybe. I think we've got more followers and listeners still, right, Shaheen? Oh, in a big way. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> bots. And that's great. Mostly bots. That's fine. 
That's fine. We'll take what we can get. We're not proud, <laughs> but you can follow us at Radio Free HPC and want to thank everybody for listening over the past year. Hope you keep listening over this next year because we're going to have some very more. big developments. We're going to have more. <laughs> yes. Uh, we do have a new logo you can see on our webpage, which is www.radiofreehpc.com. Hope you like it. And we're going to be doing some merchandise as well. So stay tuned for that. And thank you again for listening. And we'll be right back at you soon with another episode of Radio Free HPC. Boom. Boom indeed. Yep, yep. There you go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. And as a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thank you for listening. <laughs>